0: Blah, 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 blah. Hey guys, Tiny Brian and Victor here with you in the off season. Hey Vic. Hey, I'm here again. Hey, amazing. You know, you've not been here at all for us with the for the off season. It's just been me here in the studio all by myself introducing these things.
1: I, I know that one one especially day, you're, you're the whole introduction. You're you you sound like you're trying to tell us a secret. <laughs> hey guys, what's you're going like, on? Hey guys, what's going on? So, you know, we didn't um, we didn't really like give you the whole interview. So.
0: Don't tell
1: anyone. Here's the rest of it. Shh.
0: Well, yeah, I I have to admit, we got you know we got into a format here of how we kind of do these episodes. And sure. When I'm here by myself, I'm I'm like, um, hey, what 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 you know? I, like I mean, like Garf. Yeah, I, I do feel a little like, um, what do we do here? So. But I have you here today, and we, we do have another uh, great piece of, at least I hope great, piece of uh, bonus content. Okay. Now, this is a little different. Uh, previously, we've released a lot of uh, the longer interviews, uh, which have been pretty great, been great to be able to get those out. This is actually something that I recorded with somebody else earlier in the year. Now, you know, Victor, that one of my personal like fascinations, I'm, I've always been interested in William Howard Taft. For years. He's an Uh, interesting fellow. Yeah, he he became president for one term in in, uh, 1908. Yeah. And then a few years later, he became chief justice of the Supreme Court. He did. uh, And arguably had a more notable career as chief justice of the Supreme Court than as president. Right, yeah. Notably, he was from Cincinnati. Yes. And one of his early jobs, and for many years he was the— the federal justice for the eastern district of kentucky so he was a federal he was our federal judge here in kentucky for right. for, for years for and a while yeah that, yeah and that was his that was his first kind of his first big job so uh so yeah so I, I spent some time earlier this year talking with a in the hot of the pandemic when everybody was just sort of twiddling their thumbs one of the podcasters that I, I'm friends with and listen to his podcast, Andrew Heaton of The Political Orphanage, which I highly recommend, okay. just sort of put a call out to his listeners and said, hey, you all want to call in and talk about something? So we, I called in. We had this conversation. He put it out to his private supporters at the time. Okay. But it ne- as far as I know, it's never been on the open internet. And he did give me permission to, to repost it here for our listeners. And just a little bit of, you know, weird interview with me and Andrew Heaton talking about William Howard Taft. All right.
1: Well, enjoy that.
0: Yep. And we'll see you soon.
1: Hello, orphans. We're going to do a new thing today. Rather than talking to an expert or a British lord or one of my degenerate friends from comedy, I'm going to talk with one of you a listener and fellow patron of this program. One of the fun things about doing this has been getting to know the audience and expanding beyond just me talking into a microphone to a bunch of strangers to actually having a rapport with the people that compose this community. Because it's not just me talking and you listening. It is a community, and uh, it... Thrills me that some of the people in it have become friends through this, which I think is great, and I would like to do more in the future to facilitate the sense of community and uh, bringing people together, um, partly for corona, but just in general. I think it's worth doing. And so what I thought would be fun is, perhaps on occasion, bringing on one of one of your fellow patrons, to talk about something they find interesting that they're excited to share with me and with you. And by doing so, we'll all learn something. And we also get to meet somebody else that's a part of this orphanage. So I'll bring on Brian in a minute. And if you enjoyed this and you wanna see more of this, or you'd like to potentially do it yourself, then uh, post something in the comments on Patreon to, to to give me a sense of whether this is a, a fun segment for you. It was a fun segment for me. I really enjoyed doing this. And uh, if it's something that you guys also think is worthwhile, uh, let me know in the comments uh, or, or message me if you've got constructive criticisms. Clearly don't lambast Brian, who is kind enough to come on the program in the, in the comments section. Give give him nothing but, but uh, aplomb and, and positive feedback. Uh, but uh, feel, feel free to uh, go in the comments or... Uh, and, and message me, and maybe we'll do some more. I don't know. I might put this on the the main feed, but I will only be soliciting topics and conversations for this from the senior orphans of the orphanage. That's you uh, that support it via Patreon. That's the only people I'm going to hear from. I'm not opening it up to the the, the the general masses. It's just you folks. But if you want to do it, let me know. Can be political, doesn't have to be political. It could be history or anything. Really just something fun that, that you're excited about. Uh, I'm interested in, in hearing from you about that, assuming that everybody else wants to as well. Okay, let's go. Today I'm going to speak with one of the listeners of the program, one of the patrons of the program, Brian Woodard, about something that he finds interesting. And that is apparently Robert Taft. Uh, so uh, or for,
0: William Howard Taft. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Robert Taft. If you look into well, Ohio there, history, there are a thousand Tafts. Well, there's there's, there's,
1: there's <laughs> Senator Robert Taft, who's I'm thinking of. F- forgive me, William Taft, the president, yes. w- William Taft, and Supreme Court Justice William Taft, I, I, mm-hmm. and I believe Speaker of the House was he was he head of all three branches? No, okay. he was
0: never in the legislature. That's that's the one. That's probably. And you know, if you think about it, if you're if you're going to leave one branch of government out of your service. If you're going to have to be in two <laughs> the legislature is the one you want to stay out of i mean
1: yeah 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 well uh, r- real quick so you're in uh, wh- where, where where are we speaking to you from
0: i am in the great state of kentucky, kentucky i am okay. uh, yes i am healthy at home in lexington kentucky home of the uh, kentucky basketball uh, some uh very some a lot of uh so yeah here in lexington kentucky
1: and, and is, is taft from kentucky
0: no, Taft is from Cincinnati, Ohio, which okay. is about ninety minutes uh, north of here. Okay, it's right on the border. Uh, in fact, the Cincinnati Airport is in Kentucky. It's one of our it's one of our little jokes. Wait, why the made, Cincinnati Airport yeah, in Kentucky? Airport. It is. It's in Hebron, Kentucky. I work in Hebron a lot, and yeah, it's it's there. It is in Kentucky.
1: Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to uh, give my great displeasure to the lying state of Ohio uh, for having its, I are a bunch of its liars, airport in a different state. That's like if yep. you flew into London, Luton, and found yourself in northern France. Uh, you have some thoughts on that. Okay. So, so William, he's kind of from your neck of the woods then. William Taft was,
0: in fact, our, uh, at once upon a time, he was the, uh, federal judge for the Eastern District of Kentucky, which is okay. where I'm from. So he, right. not in my lifetime, but he was from here once upon a time.
1: Did, did he go from federal judge to, to elected office or, or did he, did he leave the presidency he, and work his way up?
0: He actually, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was Solicitor General first. So he actually argued before the Supreme Court, uh-huh. then became a federal judge, then became Secretary General of the Philippines, our very first colony. Uh-huh. So you know that's a rich that's a a rich history there. Uh, comes back from there after after Teddy Roosevelt becomes president. Come is, Teddy Roosevelt tries to give him a spot on the Supreme Court twice while he's overseas. Won't take it because he feels like he owes a debt to the Philippines and he needs to finish the work he started trying to help transition them away from American rule. Cause no one really wanted the Philippines. We wanted, you know, we weren't really looking for colonies at least at that point and uh, so they were trying so he felt like he needed to get through that finally t- uh, Roosevelt the first Roosevelt gave him the job of Secretary of War mm. which would give him jurisdiction over the colonies so that he took Okay. and he was basically TR's right hand man through his presidency in fact when Roosevelt would go out west and go you know wrestle moose or whatever it is Teddy Roosevelt was up to <laughs> killing badgers would, with a hatchet yeah, killing badgers with his, hair, with his bare hands yeah. or, or whatever it was he would say that he didn't need to worry about, didn't need to worry about the government because he left Taft sitting on the lid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that was, he, so it was a, it was a, it, you know, he, he rose into that and then he was because of the way Teddy Roosevelt came to power, he came to power through the death of his, of, he was the vice president right. and came to power in that manner. He didn't feel it was right to, to, to go for a re-election. He felt he served like 3 quarters of, of the the president's term. He won the election. He felt like that was all that he was entitled to.
1: Is that why TR didn't run? See, I figured that TR had just decided that he didn't want to be president anymore and then sat oh, out for 4 sorry. years and went, "You know what? I changed my mind. I want to be president after all." He, no, he, in
0: fact, no, in fact, he made that statement the night he was re-elected that he would not seek another re-election and regretted it from almost the moment the words crossed his <laughs> right and so instead decided that wait wait, know, wait if, hold on
1: yeah. he, he become I think McKinley dies and he becomes president yes. right he, run, he so, but he does run for reelection. so and he wins in a landslide. okay so I, I, I then the, the, the logic departs because so he he did run in his own right afterwards he did
0: and won in his own right and when he won he said I won't seek another term
1: this will be it got it okay because that so, that had been the standard was two terms and he'd served exactly. two, got it okay yeah
0: and, you know, even though we hadn't formalized it because he had a cousin who was going to, you know, run all over it in a few, in a couple exactly. decades. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he decides not to run that for that. What could have been, what he, you know, a lot of people wanted him to run for that second term in his own right. Instead, he doesn't. He picks Taft as his has his successor, uh-huh. and Taft is just sort of this jolly fat guy. You know, he's <laughs> and at, speaking as a fat guy myself, I feel like I say that. Uh, and you know, he was he was amiable and he was competent. In fact, I, I and and so he was able to on the energy of Ta of Thomas or Teddy still being a very popular president. Got him right in there, and then Teddy immediately takes off to Africa to stew,
1: like (laughs) just just to kill animals.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he goes. I'm going to go kill some tigers, and and uh, and and stew on the fact that I don't get to be president anymore. And uh, you know, comes back, and then they have this super bitter 2012 or 2012 1912 uh, election that actually splits the Republican Party and puts Woodrow Wilson into office. Right, wait, So, well, just,
1: just, 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 I, just to make sure I've got the chronology right, because basically Roosevelt expe- ex- steps, ex- assumes Taft will stand down. Like, he, he basically calls Taft that he's like, hey, good job being a seat warmer for four years. I'm coming back. And Taft's like, what are you talking about? I'm going to keep being, I'm going to run again. And so uh, Roosevelt forms the Bull Moose Party, which I think was like the progressive something or other. I can't remember the official name it of it. It was
0: conservative progressives because, you know, these labels are just arbitrary. And
1: right. we changed them around every twenty or thirty years. Yeah, yeah. But but he he. Uh, but we we call it the Bull Moose Party. But there was some other <laughs> formal name and that split the Republican ticket and propelled uh, 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 Woodrow Wilson into office. Yeah. Yes,
0: in, in a Perot and Clintonian fashion, right. indeed.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, but but uh, but at that point, Taft doesn't uh, like. Like I think at that point, like uh, uh, Roosevelt does basically just glower for a long time after that. But but uh, oh yeah.
0: It takes six years. Like six years later, Taft is in Washington. Who knows why? And he he spots Roosevelt in this. This is how the story goes. Who knows? But spots him in this restaurant, just walks up to him and is like, hey, how's it going? Uh He says, hey, what's up? They sit down and the whole room just breaks into applause. (laughs) <laughs> and they well, and it was as much political as anything else because that their their spat had been so vicious mm. that it had not given it had given Wilson not just one term but two. Mm-hmm. They couldn't pull their things together and they knew if they were going to try to get get the GOP back on on track as a national party, they had to reunify so yep. whether or not it was real whether or not it was the real bonds of friendship or whether or not it was political expediency or you know a little bit of this a little bit of that but you know what's interesting is the things that roosevelt felt like he had the biggest issues with taft things like taft stopped publicly breaking up the trust using executive orders this was a big thing for taft, for roosevelt uh-huh. he really was concerned about these trusts right. and and you know diversifying and, and spreading out political or you know all this economics and and so he would do it just by executive fiat. He hmm. would just, you know, I'm going to do it because I'm, you know, I'm Teddy Roosevelt. I've got a
1: pen. I can make this happen.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm from New York. What are you going to do? And uh, but, And so what Taft does is he takes it more slow and he actually gets legislation and laws. He changes the laws. Hmm. But it, and it's, it's, a, it's a lot more effective, but it's a lot less flashy and it makes Roosevelt endlessly aggravated, and that's part of what
1: <laughs> how, starts how, how dare he operate his executiveship through constitutional established norms and actual methods of, of balanced government?
0: Yeah, in fact, like, Taft would not, like, Taft would, would kind of go and do his, his speech to Congress at the beginning of the year, he would talk about the things that are important to him. But he would mostly stay out of it, like he wouldn't, he would say, you know, making the bills is, he really respected those those congressional, those clear lines as set up in the Constitution. He wouldn't like say, you must, here's the bill, he wouldn't write a bill for Congress, nothing. He's like, I will give you suggestions, because that's what I'm allowed to do in the Constitution. And
1: he would be the last guy. Uh, that's and like, like, like you, you you get into like the, the revolutionary mindset, the reason that we named the president the president was, that w- the idea was you preside over the room. Like like the idea mm-hmm. of the president was who's sort of the chairman. You know, it's the guy with the gavel, but it's not like the director. Right. We didn't call it the director. We called it the, the president, the presider. And there, there still were mm-hmm. kind of vestigial mindsets of that, of Congress is the, the predominant and active branch. It is my job to execute the will of Congress. Wilson puts a total and complete into that for all time. Uh,
0: well, Teddy Roosevelt had already knocked a pretty good hole yes, in it for the
1: previous true. six years. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, well, so then let's let's talk about it because I, I know far more about Teddy Roosevelt than I do about Taft Uh, Roosevelt is just a, a cartoon of a man uh, oh, he's a, a fascinating character in history, and he's also uh, a a great example of. Um, and and you're, you're right; the terms are arbitrary, and they switch around depending on the the, the period of history. Even. But he is both a super hawkish president, uh, maybe our most hawkish president. Like he just he thought mm-hmm. war was just inherently good. And, oh yeah, uh, and, like and he
0: thought that it was bad if a man didn't get to go kill somebody right. just to prove he, he was a man. He
1: viewed yeah he viewed warfare as sort of national calisthenics, and if he didn't go to mm-hmm. war every four to six years, men would be become womanly and sluggish and you just needed to be fighting and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and I'll, I'll add, vigor. he loved vigor. That's yes. one of the
0: words when you read his letters, but... I'll,
1: I'll add to that. that the Spanish American war is the most just absurdly cartoonish war in our history. It's, it's like, imagine, a war executed entirely by frat boys who are mm-hmm. excited to go do it, like like the, the 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 admiral of the Spanish fleet is hauled into the the American uh, galleon or whatever ship is, is is, and the 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 Spanish admiral is assuming he's going to be beheaded on the mid-deck of this ship. He's like you know praying because he's been captured by these these barbarians that have just leveled Havana, and he gets on and everybody gives him a round a, a standing ovation. The Americans are so impressed with what he did. They're like, good job, buddy. Wow, you were Really, an underdog. Good game. Like for them, it's just a football game. So, that, so that's Roosevelt. That's one thing. And I'd say the other predominant thing is Roosevelt was uh, a, a huge swelling of the progressive movement in American mm-hmm. politics, the early progressive movement. Um, so he was a uh, you know before the parties had really ideologically calcified, he was a progressive Republican. Is,
0: is back Ta- when you could have pro- conservative Democrats and progressive e- exactly, Republicans.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So where where, do, where does Taft fall in all that? Like is is, is Taft, Taft is of the a, same
0: mold? Taft is a conservative. Taft is a very classically conservative conservative thinker. Now one of the things that happens, one of the reasons that that hey, hey, real,
1: real quick when you say classically conservative you mean like like Coolidge Oh
0: I, yeah, I don't like, I, I'm I mean he was he believed in small government, gotcha. he believed in staying out of business right. even even to the point of if they chose to employ children like he was not <laughs> wow, he stayed okay. out of business, you know. He's cutting all the regulations. So, you know, there there's that and that was, you know, he's a product of his time. I'm not yeah. I'm not Oh, yeah. One of the things that made that built the battle lines between him and Roosevelt, Taft and Roosevelt, was the progressive movement of the progressive Republicans saying Taft isn't progressive enough. Right. He's not meeting our purity tests. Sound Mm -hmm. vaguely familiar? (laughs)
1: Okay, so so he he's coming from the, okay, so so he, he's what we might call a classical liberal, or, or he's that he's that pro business government step out of the way kind of Coolidge mold, because Coolidge is around this time as well, uh, and, and uh, or I guess Coolidge predates him then because coolidge is in the roaring 20s
0: yeah would have been in the earlier
1: part of the so so he he's coming from that like uh you know robust private sector mold of things very very different than than teddy roosevelt then and uh he he doesn't fade away after the presidency right because i I think
0: he doesn't teaches at yale shortly for Uh a couple years but yeah uh eight years later nine years later he's back and he now and he is the uh he is nominated and to the chief justiceship of the supreme court Mm -hmm and he is responsible for when when he was made when he was confirmed to the to the to the bench the Supreme Court met in the basement of yeah. the Capitol.
1: I, I used to and I used to give tours of the Capitol when I worked for Congress, and there's the old Supreme Court, which which does not feel very august or pristine when you go down there. It's the, the it's it's decent furniture, but it's 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 like the like Congress had a rec room in the basement that they decided yeah, to cram the Supreme Court into. And,
0: having grown up in in evangelical churches, it's like the little space that they give for the youth group <laughs> to kind of have sort of church.
1: Yes, if yes, you know what yeah. I
0: mean, it's like we've got folding chairs right. and somebody roughed up a pulpit out of uh-huh. some wood. And you know that's kind. But of, and and he takes that and he builds this temple of justice that mm-hmm. we now kind of have. And he the there are there's almost no element of the modern judiciary that we do not owe to Taft. Not only not the not only the building, but the organization. And like when he came in, there was a huge backlog of casework that needed that was for years because they they would there was so they had to decide. Dozens and dozens and dozens of cases back then, and they they re re he reorganized the federal judiciary to take some of that caseload off the Supreme Court. He kind of and he didn't have a Roe versus Wade or a Brown v. Board education or any of that, but he cleared the way. To give to give the Supreme Court kind of the mental bandwidth to examine those kinds of questions, they were very much mired in day to day sort of casework. Weirdly, mm-hmm. before he came along and reorganized the judiciary.
1: Wait, so so previously, so right now we have like an appellate system, you know, where where you're you're gonna have a case settled at a circuit court, it'll go through the appeals court, and then uh, basically they they kick it to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court either goes, uh, we we will hear this or we won't. Previously, you could just like file with the Supreme Court directly,
0: and they were required to give it more of a hearing. They could, yeah, they weren't oh, wow. required to just—they weren't allowed to just say, "No, that's ridiculous. Go home." Right. This, know, has they, already been, they, this has
1: already been established by inferior courts. The precedent is not mm-hmm. going to be overturned. So, yeah, and and if I had that option, if I, if I were trying to file a case and uh, and I was picking between you know the the Circuit Court of Kentucky versus the Supreme Court of the United States, I I would prefer to go to the Supreme Court of the United States. Sure.
0: Yeah. And he kind of reorganized that and gave birth to the modern judiciary. And, you know, there's a lot of things we think of related to the president and Washington in general. Besides that that Supreme Court building, Taft is also where we get the cherry blossoms in Washington. Mm -hmm. They would not be there if it were not for Nellie Taft. Mm-hmm. he was the very first administration he
1: was the which, very which first quick, president- quick quick, quick uh, uh, mythology of the united states the the story of, of washington saying uh you know son did you chop down the cherry tree i cannot tell a lie cherry trees didn't come to america until taft through the japanese so that is not a that is not an accurate story that's just made up it's possibly chopped down an oak tree but i think very likely we just decided we wanted to make washington honest so i apologize please continue
0: but yes, he, he brought the cherry blossoms. Nellie Taft discovered those when they were Governor General over in the Philippines, uh-huh. and br- got those from the Emperor of China. He was the very first president to throw out a first pitch. That was in nineteen ten for the fir- for the start of the baseball season. Uh-huh. He threw out a the first pitch against the when the Washington Nationals played the Philadelphia Athletics. So okay. he was also the uh, the the first pre- he turned the West Wing of the White House into a full building. It was basically just a a small building. Connected with a portico to the main mansion. Mm-hmm. He filled all that space in and built the first Oval Office, but weirdly not the current Oval Office. Really? Is- yeah, the the building was, was remo the West Wing was remodeled again after the Second World War and there they, they went they continued the tradition of the Oval Office, but it's a different build but it's a different room. Huh.
1: Um, okay, okay, so the anecdote that I'm dying to know, and, and I, I suspect that this is not true, but it's the story that all, at least everyone at my high school, you know what's coming. Yeah, when I was in high school, this is the only thing we knew about Taft was mm-hmm. he was so fat he got stuck in the White House bathtub. Is that true?
0: That is, but there was, the, the, there was a gentleman named Hoover. Uh-huh. who was the usher, you know, the the White House, you know, the presidents come and go, the the house staff stays for decades. Right. Yeah. So this guy named Hoover, he was the usher for four decades, 10 presidents. Wrote a big book and in there basically came up with these salacious and and weird details about all the presidents he served. That is the origin point of the story that Taft got stuck in the bathtub and furthermore had to have a saw to cut him out. Uh-huh. But It is, in fact, there is no evidence that it's true.
1: So, yeah, that sounds... To, yeah, two, two thoughts on that. It sounds to me like, one, the guy has a direct incentive to make salacious content in order to sell the books. Exactly. Two, while I've never had to haul a fat guy out of a bathtub, I have a lot of experience with baths, and uh, they're pretty slippery. I yeah, would, I was I would gonna think- say,
0: As a fat man who gets to occasionally <laughs> takes a bath, I have no idea how you get stuck. I've tried. I, 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 look, preparation for this interview, and since I have nothing else going on, I ran a bath and Masha... And in my bathroom, got in and tried to see it with the phone closed at hand so I could call for <laughs> help if I was wrong, but I decided to myth-buster my way through this, and uh, yeah, I couldn't stick myself on purpose, so yeah. I can't imagine Bill did it on accident. Okay. Although, he did very much, he didn't shower, he wanted a bathtub, They and they did build him a custom bathtub as part of that remodel where they got the first Oval Office, and the the Boat Force One, whatever it was that he mm-hmm. the ship that was his when he traveled, you know, around also had to have a custom bath built into it.
1: Because he wanted to have a shower as well.
0: Because he didn't want a shower. He
1: wanted to take baths. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, great. So basically the one thing we all learned about Taft at high school is false. Yeah. And uh, and he, he is significant. He's responsible for both building the physical Supreme Court building, but also uh, re-administering the entire judicial system, and uh, uh, being, I guess, the last uh, the, the last old school presiding president, as opposed to the, the last actual constitutional
0: president. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Okay. I like
0: to say Taft's administration was marred by competency. <laughs>
1: What, uh, out of curiosity, what got you into Taft? Because I, I don't feel like he is, when you, when you ask people like, who's your favorite president or "Who what president are you more interested in, I feel like Taft's not even in the top 10.
0: No, no. I uh, I got into Taft when I when I stumbled upon a book by Doris Kearns Goodwin uh, called The Bully Pulpit, which uh-huh. and I got into it because I'm interested in the Roosevelts, not mm-hmm. just Teddy, but Franklin. I find that whole that whole spiel kind of interesting. So and it was about and The Bully Pulpit is about that election between Taft and Roosevelt, but it really kind of traces their whole history, and it also in parallel traces the rise of the mass market magazine, mm-hmm. which came about around the same time and journalists like Greta Tarbell, and, and kind of that whole process in the same time. And in the process, I just learned about Taft and he was, he was close enough to being a, 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 a Kentuckian that I, you know, kind of latched onto that. And, you know, he, he's also, you know, a, a brotherhood of the fat asses and <laughs> pardon my language, please. But, you know, and, 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 it's he's just fascinating because he accomplished so much and yet is known so little and sort of, you know, is overlooked and, you know, one term who cares about one term presidents, you know, they're, they're seen in a lot of ways as sort of failures. So I just find and and so I just find a lot there to, to mine and I just find a lot interesting.
1: Yeah. And I, I guess he, he would be in a really interesting period. Like you think about how cam, uh, presidential campaigns were conducted prior to, to mass communication. So he, he would be around r- radios would exist by by the time he's around. Right.
0: Not really. They they had phonographs. Like, he he is one of the first presidents that we have, like, his campaign speeches recorded to vinyl.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, so we know what he sounded like.
0: Yeah, we do have some samples of his voice, uh, kind of higher and readier than you would imagine. Mm -hmm. Kind of, probably kind of like mine, really. (laughs) Um but uh, one of the interesting things, since you mentioned campaigning, you know, like when Roosevelt was can- was president, presidents didn't campaign on their own behalf,
1: right? Exactly. That was the other thing I was going to say. Is that like you go back to the older model, and it confused me when I was a kid when I read about this, where they, they would all do like front porch campaigns, like they mm-hmm. would con- they would, which is mind blowing, because now you have yeah, ca- candidates j- jet setting and bussing around, but you you uh, yeah you, they, they would conduct the campaign from their porch, and the the kind of the, the, the mythos that, that you wanted to communicate was. I am a modern day Cincinnatus. I don't want to be president. I have been drafted by the people of the United States and I am rising to the occasion to do this. And it was this sort of exercise and a kind of audacious humility. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, and, he... and it is it's so affected.
0: I mean, and it's just so weirdly American too. Yeah. you know, it's just when you hear about it, you're like, well, of course we did that. That's <laughs> what's interesting is when when Roosevelt was reelected, his chief surrogate, the guy who actually went coast to coast and stumped for him, was Taft. Really? Okay. Yeah, and then
1: so yeah, and I, I'm thinking that it would be very different then, because if if he's not got uh, if if radio's not up, if 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 magazines are just beginning to happen nationally, prior to that, you're you're basically relying on surrogates or your uh, your yeah, your just pamphlet. yeah, pamphlets or your or you're, maybe you're getting like a, a like a debate reprinted in certain newspapers, but mm-hmm. but otherwise, like you think about it, it's, it's weird to think back in like you know 1900 or not 1900, like 18. 80, you, you may not know what the president looks like other than physical descriptions or really bad, you know, woodcuts. yeah, woodcuts, things yeah, wood like that.
0: Cuts, that. Yeah. That's how everybody knew what Lincoln looked like. Right. Yeah. those, that, those famous woodcuts, as I understand it, Taft actually campaigned for him mainly using trains. Okay. Like you would go to the, that's where the, the actual term, whistle stop.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The
0: literal whistle stop tours.
1: Okay, and just out of curiosity, uh, Taft being this uh, you know li- limited government guy, he wasn't thrown off by Teddy Roosevelt like he, he they're just in the same party, so he was gonna gonna uh, campaign on his behalf.
0: Yeah. And what's funny is the whole time that, you know, Roosevelt's there and, and and Taft's his secretary of war, Roosevelt just assumes that Taft is going to go right on with his policies mm-hmm. because and I think it's just because Taft was just a nice dude and, you know, an <laughs> affable dude. And, you know, so obviously he agrees with me. But lo and behold, when you give him the power, turns out he has some ideas of his own.
1: Right. Yeah. So, it, it, and I got to say a, a not not standard route to the president of federal judge to colonial governor <laughs> to president. I can't, I, I don't, do you know Although if the- he
0: was the first, gov- he was the first and only president ever elected to this country who actually had experience running a country.
1: Good point. Uh, yeah, no, no, too, touche. I, I, like other than vice presidents, uh, vice presidents yeah. inheriting it. Um, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, and uh, uh, I, and I can't think of there, there might be examples of jurists that became president, but I can't think of any others. Uh,
0: no, not off the top of my head. That's just it's anathema to it. Certainly in today's world where. Yeah. You know, judiciary is, is supposedly, and I like to think of Taft as not a politician but a government person. He he's there to govern. He's not, and the, his lack of political acumen is probably why he only had a one term. Yeah, that fact that, and we 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 are sort of remiss if we don't at least touch on Nellie Taft for just a moment. Please do. Like, Nellie Taft was. This is remember. This is in the age before women had the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Nellie Taft was the driving political force behind Taft. She's the one who insisted he would he go to the Philippines. She's the one he insisted who insisted he come back and be Secretary of War. She had went to I want to say, she, as a teenager, she had went the other Ohio Hayes, Rutherford Hayes. He had went she had went to Rutherford Hayes's White House as a teenager, saw the White House and went. Well, I just got to be here, <laughs> and literally went home and married herself a man and made him president, and then, <laughs> and and. and uh, and then she's the reason we have the cherry blossoms. They uh, oh, She's the one who insisted that Bill Taft learned the, the, the Tarantella, or there's a traditional uh, Thailand, Thailand dance that mm-hmm. he learned. And there's, there's apparently some film of it out there somewhere of him dancing it. I keep looking for it. I haven't found it. But so, you know, she gets him. Nellie brings him to this point. She is – he calls her his senior partner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean that is just how important she is to him. And two months into his presidency, she has a stroke, and she's uh. never the same. Yeah. So I mean, there's. It's one of those things where who knows what what might what might have been if if Nellie Taft could yeah, have gl- gl- stayed and continued to kind of be the senior partner in that relationship. Pre-
1: pre- president of North and South America, uh, no if, she, if she'd stuck around. Well, uh, Brian, I'm going to go ahead and cap it off there. It, uh, and uh, um, I, it was delightful talking to you. Thank you for taking time out of your day and sharing this interest with us.
0: I am I am I have absolutely no credentials with which to speak on this stuff except <laughs> my enjoyment of it and the fact that I pay you a little money every month but I'm happy to have come and if, if I hope you've enjoyed the conversation
1: uh, very much so and uh, because part of the reason that I'm doing this is I, I want to facilitate more of a sense of community with listeners of the program and know that it's not just a relationship between uh, me the guy talking and you the people listening but actually between the listeners themselves uh, where would you want people to reach out and talk to you about Taft or anything else are you are you active in discord or facebook or anything like that twitter
0: let's anywhere where finer social media is uh pervade you can find me at tiny brian that is t-y-n-i-b-r-i-a-n wonderful tiny brian all right thank you brian all right andrew thanks so much